Welcome back to another episode of Live Epic Youth Development and Leadership with Daryl Bodkin. But today we got a special guest in the house. Boop, boop. Yeah, I got my friend Ayana Chester. She's going to be on the show. And we're talking about suicide and how you as parents, you know, how, how, how we, because I'm a parent too, right? <laughs> how we could respond um, to what I called last year, you know, a public health crisis. Okay, this episode, you know, is, is definitely going to help you. It's, it's, it's going to be really valuable to you. Thank you so much for listening and for your support and feedback. I remember this podcast, you know, is really a focus on you as a parent, educator, uh, a business leader who leads young people, young adolescents. Uh, we try to provide you with, I try to provide you with the tools, the techniques and the methods to elevate the young people in your care so that they can achieve their maximum potential. I have with me my friend Ayana um, Chester. This is Ayana Chester. We have known each other for so long. Um, donkey years as a classroom. Very, very long. Um, so Ayana is a very good friend of mine. Many years. <laughs> How many? I know you know numbers. I said many years. I don't know. That's right. <laughs> Let me just share um, a little bit about Ayana. <laughs> oh, listeners. No, so, no. <laughs> Ayana has a bachelor's in psychology. Um, and then she went out to pursue her master's uh, in counseling. She has been affiliated with uh, a number of organizations, including secondary schools, drug rehabilitation centers, and correctional facilities. So all these experiences kind of led her to where she is right now. She and Ayana and I worked together for you know, five years in um, youth development in um, our local church back in Arima in Trinidad and Tobago, and um, that was a very very um, dynamic time. So she has her own practice called Blossom Counseling Services, and it allows her to interact with individuals. Yeah as well as couples who seek to work through personal and relational issues to improve the quality of their lives. She's a wife uh, to Julius Chester and a mother of three. Yeah, she understands the value of a healthy family life and the need to exercise balance and to pres- you know, preserve, oh sorry, to persevere amidst uh, challenges. Um, definitely she's a practicing Christian and you know, believes in the principles of hope and peace. And, you know, she includes them where possible in her, you know, counseling approach to help persons, you know, live a better life. I'm so excited to have my very good friend, Ayana Chester, on this episode today where we're going to be talking about um, suicide. September is Suicide Awareness Month. Welcome, Ayana. Welcome to my Hi. show. Thank you so much for having me, Daryl. It is my pleasure to be here. You know, I was just, we were just discussing that I am possibly the first guest you're having on the podcast. So it yes, is you are. definitely, it is definitely a privilege. I am, I count it an honor to be featured and to share um, in the discussion on this important topic. Yeah, and as I told you, Live Epic, uh, the Youth Development and Leadership Podcast, this is really uh, my effort to help parents, educators, and persons in business who are leading young people, who are taking care of young people. And the focus really is that age range of 12 to 25, sort of in line with what you and I would have done for our years in youth development um, many, many moons ago. Yeah. 
And so it's really about providing you know, practical tools, um, looking at what the research is about, and really just you know giving persons some hope in their journey to ensure that they could um, help their children um, you know become the best that they that they, yeah. they can be. So the topic, obviously, you know, I did this this last year um, for 2021. It's not, you know, the, the shiniest topic to talk about. You know, it's not, you know, bells and whistles, mm-hmm. but it's something important. September is Suicide Awareness Month, and I want to just before I ask your question and, and get into our discussion, I just want to, you know, just share some facts from the World Health Organization, right? So sure. in 2019. More than 700,000 people worldwide died by suicide, okay? Um, Suicide is the fourth leading cause of death among persons 15 to 29 years old, right? So that's smack in in, in the age range that we're talking about here. And when you take it back to our local or regional sense, Trinidad is, you know, in the Caribbean, is considered um, in the English-speaking Caribbean third in terms of um, the prevalency of suicide. And across all geographies, while women are more likely to attempt suicide, men are more successful, four times more successful. So, you know, it's it's, it's a serious thing that we, we have to talk about. And I want you to share with, with you know, persons listening on the show, um, as a counselor, as a professional, you know, therapist. You call yourself a therapist, right? That's it? Yes. Yes, right. I do. Mm-hmm. I want I, I you to share with us, you know, and for those who are listening, like, what are some of those signs, those those um, things that we can look for as parents? You know, we have a, our, our children. What should we look for to say, okay, you know, my son or my daughter, my nephew, my niece might be at risk for, you know, suicide? Okay, so as we look at or we, we talk about the idea of suicide risk or the warning signs, uh, one of the key things is mental health conditions. So if you know that the child or the, the young person under your care is already suffering or diagnosed with a mental health condition, you want to have um, your eye out, you want to be very attentive to see if they are at risk for suicide. And some of these conditions include depression, anxiety, um, you're looking out for personality traits of aggression, mood changes, poor relationships, those aspects within the mental health um, area, we want to ensure that definitely is one of the Number one areas that we look at for warning signs. Then we also look at physical ailments. But let me just explain there, right? Um, yeah. You said mood changes. Now, um, you and I would know, you know, working right. with teenagers yeah. and something. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I know some parents have been saying, well, I wonder if I have a house, right. you know, um, mm-hmm. possibly suicidal, you know, teens in my house here. Um, could you just, you know, just share a little bit more about in, in, in terms of mood changes, what, what sure. they could be looking at. Sure. So definitely, I mean, as, as your child grows, you said you know your child. So you know perhaps um, at this particular time, whether it is of the month or based on what is going on externally, you know, exam season or whatever, the child's mood may vary. 
even on a daily basis, you know, my child is not a morning person, so their mood differs at a particular time of the day. We're looking at something outside of that where you're seeing severe mood changes, mood swings um, that are cause for concern beyond what you know to be normal or understood to be the child's personality trait or common behavior. Yeah. So more than the typical um, teen angst, as we put it, you know, we're looking for things outside of that, that scope. Yeah. Um, so in addition to those those conditions, we're looking at serious physical ailments that include pain. So your child may have a particular ailment where you know they they are constantly um, afflicted with this particular painful uh, health issue, and you definitely want to look at the warning signs or look at that as a risk for them um, considering suicide or having. Um, suicidal ideation or, or, or attempts. Uh, we also look at access to lethal means. You know, um, in our context in, in Trinidad and Tobago, it's a little different to the United States in terms of access to weapons such as guns and so on. Um, you know, it, it's, a little, it's a little different there, but we also look at things like prescription drugs. So if in the home or let's say because of um, the person's work, because we're looking at the young adults, age group as well, um, maybe because of where they work or maybe even the parents' occupation, they may have access to a large variety of prescription drugs. So we also want to look at access to weapons. Um, our next area is mm. prolonged stress. So things like bullying, unemployment, relationship problems, which um, form a part of the experience in this target age group, but we yeah. also want to look at that being something as a warning sign. You know, yes, you know your child is enduring bullying and you're treating, you're talking with them or you're addressing it at the school level, but you also want to pay close attention that this child may not feel such a sense of hopelessness that they may turn or, or view suicide as the only option out, as well as unemployment. Mm-hmm. Bullying has really um, been on the rise, you know, and the, the new dynamic now is the cyberbullying too, which is, right. um, I guess, even scarier to me um, as a as a parent now, because you know the cyber bullying, you know, you know it's you know with with the physical bullying, you could go to the school, talk to the parent, but you know with cyber bullying, it could be someone you know miles away in a different country, and right. you have no way of already reaching person yeah. directly. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And you know the dynamic of young persons finishing their their school, whether it's secondary school or university, and have high hopes that they're going to get a job right away. That's that's something that we're facing in Trinidad and Tobago, where we see a lot of persons, you know, going through the hardship of I expected to be employed and I have to go through a long period of unemployment. That as well, that 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 element of prolonged stress is something that we consider a risk factor or warning sign, right? Um, then we look at stressful life events. So going through something like divorce, whether personally as a young adult or based on the parents in the home, financial crisis, rejection, life transitions or loss. So somebody who has lost a loved one, you know, you definitely want to look at that as a risk factor. Exposure to another suicide or graphic account of another suicide. You know, recently I was speaking to a friend of mine and she's a, she's a, worker in the school system, uh, a mental health worker, and you know, she was telling me about that they had about three instances of young persons attempting to take their lives by jumping off the school building. Oh, wow. And it happened, you know, within about a week, a couple of weeks, within one month, let's say, mm-hmm. after the other, you know, one was this week, the next one next week, and in a couple of weeks, the other one followed, and so, 
having been exposed to another person attempting it, um, whether they were successful or not, or even hearing the graphic accounts, whether seeing it or hearing it as a witness, uh, that's definitely a risk factor, especially if the person is undergoing their own personal issues. I guess it could create a sort of um, a copycat. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So so it's difficult to ascertain, is it it just that it's a copycat or is it, uh, you know, that you personally may have been thinking about it and now become emboldened to do so because somebody else kind of led the way, so to speak, um, you know. So that's also, you know, we don't want to dismiss it and say, well, you know, it's copycat and, you know, you're just following and not pay close attention to what is going on with the young person that they may attempt. Right, 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 true. Yeah, because, right. Uh, by, yeah, by saying that, it might, it might really, really sound like, uh, sound like we don't play in yeah. issues. True, true. I yeah. Agree. So it's easy to say, you know, you yeah, follow fashion, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it, 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 it could also be a case of, you know, as you say, um, you, you've led the way for me, you've paved the way. I, I, I wish I had that boldness, but now you've given me the courage to do so as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, a previous suicide attempt, you know, if the person has attempted before, they definitely are at risk of doing so another time, right? Um, a family history of suicide, you know, just recently I had, some time ago, sorry, I had a client who had their parents commit suicide and that person is now at the age that their parent was when they committed suicide and so there was that kind of awareness that in addition to the trauma I went through, I'm kind of mindful that okay, let's say the parent committed suicide at 40 and I'm now going to be 40 this year. There's a kind of awareness that, okay, let me definitely deal with my issues before it, you know, history repeats itself. So definitely a previous suicide attempt, sorry, having a family history of suicide is a risk factor that you want to look at um, to be mindful of. And, And lastly, childhood abuse, neglect or trauma. So, okay. of course, having gone through that and, you know, people are going through life with so much on their shoulders, so much that whether they have shared it before, in some instances, they never have. It's a risk factor for them uh, attempting suicide or feeling the sense of hopelessness that they can't see any other way out. You know, you, you talk about abuse there and I'm thinking, sadly, about all those those horror stories that we read about recently with right. the children's homes. Right. I know one gentleman was charged, um, Mm -hmm. but you know, that's something that happens, you know, worldwide, you know, we have, um, you know, every so often I get an amber alert on my phone, you know, you know, you know, this child is missing or or, or, Mm -hmm. something happening like that. So yeah, definitely, you know, the traumatic experiences that, that children experience is, you know, it's 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 saddening and yeah. I, can, I can see why it could you know have that effect because the the fact is that when trauma sort of shatters this the kind of um the halo you know that a child has like you know the kind of cocoon the innocence and you know it creates that it does create that sense of hopelessness and if they don't have yeah. the support to process it and to work through it and to overcome it yeah, it's going to, you know, make them vulnerable then, you know, to um, mm-hmm. possibly, you know, attempting suicide. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, as I said, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a easy topic. And I shared, I shared um, on, on the show last year and I did it, I, I remember when I was in university and mm-hmm. I was in a mechanical building um, doing mathematics <laughs> exam. <laughs> right. I think I told you this too. 
Um, it, it, it sounded familiar. <laughs> um, I realized you're missing that. You're gonna feel this exam. And yeah, for a moment there, I looked to my left and I saw, and I'm on the third floor, the highest, you know, floor. Right. And I'm like, just run through the doors and jump, as you know, that I, I had that thought, you know, I was yeah. a student, and um, by then, you know, when you're gonna feel the exam, all right? And, um, yeah. And I grew up in a, you know, a good supportive home, but still, you know, the the the, the stress of knowing, listen, I'm gonna feel this exam. Mm-hmm. I, I thought about it. Um, yeah. I never said. Man, this this not worth it, no? Yeah. And people are going through much worse than that 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 experience that I had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess it it is a lot. It's it's a lot more for parents to process now with with so many things going on. How do you feel as a you know a professional in this space when you you know thinking about? I mean. I guess I know you have to, you know, decompress because right. you can't you know, absorb these things. But for you, like, what are you seeing then um, in terms of your, your experience in, 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 in the local and what are you seeing in terms of mental health and in particular suicide? Definitely the pandemic has done a number, so to speak, on mental health in general and I and also increasing the risk of um, persons being susceptible or at risk so to speak for suicide and a lot of the areas that I spoke about with um, being risk factors they are kind of exacerbated by the pandemic you know we spoke about unemployment we spoke about abuse and those were things that were basically heightened during the lockdown periods um, you know the trauma of just going through that, being in lockdown, not not having the the um, security of your job, having made plans, whether it is for for university studies, etc. And so, all of those things were kind of heightened during the pandemic. You know, I remember during that that lockdown period, I had a client who was a local. She was from Trinidad and she was living abroad in, in Europe. Uh, as a, she recently went across the study and. You know, having, you know, when the, as we said, the borders closed in Trinidad, there were a lot of persons who were stranded in in some instances in countries that spoke another language foreign to them. They probably were now starting to get acclimatized to the culture. And now you're you're forced to be stranded, not just in this foreign country, but also uh, literally isolated to your room because of the lockdowns that were taking place. And so... I, in, in, in the midst of dealing with that, I saw the life or firsthand the impact that it could have had on somebody's mental health. And she definitely needed, you know, more or less crisis intervention and, and on hand, um, immediate assistance to work through on a, on a very frequent basis to work through, you know, I guess basically right. just staying sane, you yeah. know, um, in the midst of what I was going through. And so what I'm seeing is a lot of persons are, not of it coming out of it and trying to get back into normal life as we see the new normal. We're seeing the persons are uh, um, the the after effects, you know, as it does have settled and, and all of that. Whether it is from having gone through, there are some persons who have developed anxiety because of what they went through, because they had COVID or they had loved ones who were lost. So you're talking about grief, you're talking about loss, you're talking about anxiety, the after effects of COVID and affecting their their life and that panic of 
will I get it again? Will I have to go through that terrifying experience? So it's so many things coming out of it that I'm seeing where the anxiety, the depression, the, the, the grief and loss, you know, um, and so it's really critical that in a time such as this that we really heighten our um, intervention or action. I like the Hope for Suicide Awareness Month where it says creating hope through action. You know, it's not a time to create hope through, uh, as we say, thoughts and prayers. You know, it's, it's yeah, really yeah. about, it's really about that, yeah, yeah. active yeah. intervention, you know. Yeah. So that that's a nice point because, you know, that, that's, that really goes into like the parental, um, you know, action. So yeah. you, you, you see the signs, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you're aware, okay, um, maybe you and your husband, um, your spouse are unemployed and it's, there's stress at home or, right. at, um, your child has a mental health challenge. Uh, well, how do I respond as a parent? Um, to, you know, respond to protect my child, to, to intervene. Mm-hmm. What's the first step? Yeah, so definitely you want to communicate. You know, we don't just want to say, be, be passive about it and say, well, I know and I understand that they might be going through something. Uh, you know, you, you definitely don't want to dismiss, which is kind of common in our Caribbean culture, you know. Everybody here going through it and you, you don't play the, the child's in, you know, in, the impact upon the child. So you definitely want to actively communicate. Um, you want to be compassionate in your in your communication, um, not impose guilt upon the child from the standpoint of, you know, you're not supposed to feel this way, you know, all these languages that are, that are downplaying the impact of whatever the child is facing, you know. Um, so basically, listening, you know, when it, when it comes to suicide intervention and communication, it really requires more listening than speaking, you know. Um, so much times we try to find the right things to say and we say too much or we say the wrong things and it's definitely a matter of listening, um, active listening, making sure that you hear them out. Uh, that is the space as well to do a kind of assessment of where they're at, you know. Have you thought about suicide? Um, how how when how recent you know how frequent are the thoughts how recent have the thoughts been um, how how far assess as well how far the thoughts have gone you know um, have you planned it how do you plan to do it you know um, have you written a note you know so you get a you gauge I guess how how serious the person is about it and how intentional they are about doing it because if they tell you well you know I have the pills and they pull out the, the bottle and they already sort it out I have my letter my letter written. You know, then you could uh, uh, realize, you know, um, this person is very seriously yeah. and actively thinking about it, and we need to act critically and urgently. Yeah, um, definitely try to stay calm and remind them that you care. This is something that will obviously affect you emotionally, and you can find yourself wanting to give blame. You know, but I've, you know, I, 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 I thought I was doing enough. I thought we were talking. I thought, I thought, and then you're turning the attention on you and. That's not helping the situation where the person now feels even more guilty, yeah. and it may actually push them closer towards doing it. Where they say, "Okay, look, I'm I'm having mommy or daddy feeling bad. Right. Let me take myself out of the equation so they're not feeling even more upset. Everything is going to be fine after this. After I, I take myself out, so you definitely want to communicate. You want to stay calm, um, actively now remove any means of them doing the action." So you want to remove the pills, you want to remove the weapons, you want to take away the rope, uh, the car keys, keep them talking. If, of course, you realize that 
it's, let's say you catch them in the act of attempting or you realize that they're, they're critically planning to do it in the recent future, in the near future, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, call the emergency services and, or take them to the emergency department and get that immediate intervention. But take it seriously. Don't brush it off and say, nah, I should, you know, as we say, I, I don't think they're going to do it, you know. Um, they're probably not that serious. You know, it's an ego thing to wear, you know, it's a pride thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not something that they really want to, you know, call emergency services about or ask for help right. as a parent. Yeah. And that, that could be our downfall because, yeah. you're like, you know, I have this under control or, or it's, you know, it's, it's not that serious and it ends up being that serious. Yeah. And I want to add in as well to be private about it. You know, we don't want to make such a big scene in the initial that, you know, the whole neighborhood is coming wrong. You know, you make such a big uproar that it is now embarrassed, you know. In that initial discussion, be very you know, private. Mm-hmm. Private, I think, too, as well for family, too. You don't have to tell all the cousins and all the aunts and all the... Right. Other, like, you yeah, know, exactly. Great, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, auntie, too, if you tell mm-hmm. your whole family, you're going to know. So, exactly. You know, it allow this thing to to have some de- yeah some decency with yeah. it yeah yeah and definitely seek professional help to continue the journey with them because yes you're talking you're trying to keep the the means of communication open to work through it with them but definitely seek professional help on an ongoing basis. You have you found that persons are you know more receptive now to professional help, um, you know. You know, for me, I mean, uh, you know, going to therapy is not like a, a natural thing, you know. Is it? Yeah. Is it that <laughs> you're seeing um, a little bit of a change in that, a little, a little push, or is it still, is, is there still resistance you're seeing? I, I think definitely there's a, there's a push. I'm, I'm seeing the difference. Um, it's definitely not how it was before. And I think when we, the pandemic in, in one sense had that, that positive way, when we were forced to stop everything else, you know, as I say, when you're left alone with your thoughts, you realize you have no choice but to deal with it, you know. Um, let's say you and a person have been avoiding a conversation for the longest while, and now you're locked in a room together. You're kind of like, for a whole day, you know, you kind of end up talking by force. So, you know, in the same way, we find that persons haven't gone through that period where you, you, don't, you can't um, mask it by going out with friends all the time. You can't. Um, you can't escape by doing certain things that you would normally have done to get away from dealing with yourself. We were kind of put in that position, and I think in in light of that, um, persons are kind of more open now to saying, "Okay, I'm aware of myself, my thoughts, my feelings," and I realize that I, you know, if if it means accepting assistance or seeking help, of course, there's always there's still you know some resistance in some areas, but generally speaking, I I think we could see. That there's a push in a positive direction. Oh, that's that's good to know. That's really good to know, because um, this is not something that you should you know ignore. You know, yeah. You should be. And I guess as well, I know we're speaking to parents today, but if you're an educator and you notice some of these things in your students, I, I guess the first flag is to alert your school social worker, the yeah. professionals and staff, right? So yeah, definitely. So. They will have these, the, the system or the policies or procedures in place already. I, I know that you would um, go through the school social work, as you rightly said, and um, the system of follow-up will follow from there. I guess if they realize that it's an urgent risk, you have to take the 
emergency medical um, measures and so on. Um, yeah. But definitely take it. Don't just leave it in your classroom and say, well, and the child, I, you know, as you say, go beyond your scope. You know, of course, the child has confided in you, and that's fine, but you have to go up the channel, so to speak, and don't just leave it there, and then something unfortunate happens. Okay. So what what can parents do? Uh, maybe um, they can sit or as activities that they could probably, you know, suggest or do as a family activity or mm-hmm. teach it to their children, you know, activities that can help them boost, you know, their mental health uh, so that they could, you know, counteract um, the negativity that's around. Because I remember one um, one speaker saying that in his, in his essence, for every good, you know, thought that comes or good word or compliment, we have like mm-hmm. 10 negatives or something like that. And right. That, you know, we need, we always need to be counteracting the negative that is around us on a daily, on a daily basis. Yeah. So, what, what would you suggest, you know, to, to create that mental lift, um, mm-hmm. for us in dealing with, you know, suicidal, um, awareness month? Yeah. Yeah. So, a lot, a lot of the points I have could kind of be summarized with self care. And, um, I recently did a blog called Sustainable Self Care. You know, when we think of self care, we think of going to the spa, or doing your nails or, you know, something that is, you know, it, it's, it's not something that you can literally do every day. And so it seems like, you know, I burn out myself and then once every month or two months I do something that is a, a drop in the bucket of really rejuvenating myself. And so I believe that for parents, you can incorporate a culture of daily self-care in the home. And by this, I mean, you know, ensure that there's balance across the board in getting, for example, rest and sleep. You know, we, we take it for granted that, you know, having a bedtime and perhaps as the children get older, we kind of become a little lapsed with them going to bed whatever hour. I personally was a night owl, you know, that's how it worked for me with studying. So I know about this and it's something that I'm even to this day trying to come out of. But definitely incorporating rest or sleep as something important because we understand that the body needs to be rejuvenated. Um, when, when you learn about depression, you know that one of the signs is, 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 is it affects your sleep patterns. And, and that's one of the things you look for, you know, the person is barely sleeping or oversleeping. And, and so you want to incorporate positive patterns to make sure that the body is properly rejuvenated. So you're looking at proper sleep. You're looking at eating well. And again, the parents will have control over this in terms of managing, managing, yeah, managing the nutrition of the home, you know, ensuring that there's balanced meals or that the meals are on time, you know, um, the, the exercise. So exercise as a family doesn't have to be everybody join the gym and that's an additional cost that may be beyond your budget, but it could just mean, okay, we go out in the evening and kick a little football in the yard. Or we go for a walk in the neighborhood if it if if it's permissible, you know. But ensure that there's a culture of um, exercise, proper sleep, proper nutrition, connecting with nature and the sunlight. So the children aren't home, you know. They go from home to school and they're back in whether they're playing game or doing homework. Um, you know, ensure that they're out. They're out. Just being in nature and in the sunlight is helpful. If they have pets, that they you know interact with the pets in the yard. Stuff like that, um, you know, those are things that seem simple, but it's really incorporating our culture where everybody's well-being is maintained in the home. Um, in addition to that, we're looking at um, certain bo- boundaries. So that speaks to stress management. 
you know, um, both for the parents and the, and the children as well. And I guess the parents will model it where um, I don't bring my work home. You know, uh, I am not responding to emails at 10 p.m. as, you know, um, I'm, I'm cutting off the work calls at a particular hour. And so I'm putting the boundaries because I'm modeling it. The children may, yes, they come, they do their homework and they get to bed, but you are modeling for them. There's a time to cut off and switch into home life, right? Um, doing something new. So, for example, during the, pandem- the pandemic, you know, I started doing some art painting with my children and I realized I really enjoyed it. So there were times when, you know, they were out of the house and I just did some paintings by myself. All and right. so you'll be amazed to realize you discover something new. As a family, let's do some painting, let's do some yeah. craft, let's do some some activity, you know, that um, learn an instrument, whatever it may be, but do something new, some activity. Um, journaling as well is useful because it encourages you to basically get your thoughts out, yeah. Um, you know, express gratitude uh, and and so on, and so you want to ensure as well emotional connection, and that's something that can be modeled or practiced in the family setting because now you can say, okay, every evening, let's sit down and chat. We may be having dinner together, and it's like everybody phones away. <laughs> it's difficult, but we can yeah. try it. Let's yeah. put away the phones and let's eat dinner together. Let's talk, talk about your day, have a conversation, and that connection is important for us to maintain our mental health because we don't want to wait till a crisis to now start to try and, okay, let me see how I could start to sleep better. Let's make sure that it's a habit so that, you know, it's something that you encourage. And I also want to want to note that, you know, the, the culture that we have now, as we call it, cancel culture, oh. um, things that are trending that yeah. go against our best interests, you know, what's trending now is, you know, check for me. If you don't check for me, I'm not checking for you, you know. The phone works both ways. If you don't call, I'm not calling. And we, in the context of suicide awareness, we have to be so mindful of um, not adopting some of these things that are anti-productive, you know. We don't want to adopt these things that say, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about myself alone, whereas, whereas it's in our best interest to keep connected. Sometimes the person that you're saying hasn't called, they may be on the verge of suicide. Yeah, they go to hell. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, no, I went, you know, they didn't call me. The phone works both ways, and next thing you know, you see, a, you get a report that the person has has um, attempted suicide or, or been successful at, at attempted suicide. So we have to be so mindful as well and challenging some of these things that are trending or, or seeming to be the popular culture, and we don't want to adopt everything that's going there in the interests of. And it is so amazing that you said that because um, I have a, a friend of mine, a good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I'm, I'm miles away now. I happen to call, right? And this person was literally, I, I when I called, they were mm-hmm. literally contemplating suicide. You know, right. that point where they were saying, you know, I think I don't think I can make it. Yeah. Um, and that gave me such such chills. Even thinking about it now, right. I'm just like, and um, and and is 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 just. I think for me, yeah, that's a major point. That's just yeah. a major point because we we really, you know, really don't know. It, it happens to me too, you know. Um, you know, a lot of people assume, okay, well, you know, everything going to the dial, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, people don't, you know, stop to think, you know, the reason why you haven't heard from X, Y, and Z is because man, yeah. you hell. <laughs> yeah. Like, People trying to survive one yeah. year, and you all up in your feelings about oh, yeah. you know, 
and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, listen, every every opportunity I get, I am I am sounding the alarm on that. Yeah. Culture trending because you see it, you know, people reposting it and everybody's sharing it and they're like, yeah, you know, see about me first and if they don't, and I'm like, this is this is yeah. this is counterproductive to us really addressing things like suicide and depression and 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 boosting our mental health as a society. So I speak out against it on every at <laughs> every yeah, time I chance I get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I I was working with someone. Um, and they were going through they were they were acting you know contrary to what you know a good employee anybody expect a good employee right. and um eventually i they confided in me and and nothing was wrong with them physically you know they were dealing with some you know you know mental health challenges and that was another reminder for me about you know sometimes you know we look at people and, and we just make a lot of assumptions but people right. go through so many different things yeah. So many different things. Wow. Um, Ayana, I wanted to talk to you about the faith-based community, but I feel like we, we're going to have to leave that for another conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you are professional. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us, um, I know you have your site, BlossomCounselingTT.com, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, that's right. Well, how else do people find you if they want to reach out to you to you know to to get further help for themselves mm-hmm. or for their children? You know, you know, mental health support, therapy, etc. Right. So, in addition to the website, which would I suppose redirect you to the other channels as well, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Blossom Counseling, and Blossom Counseling PT, and I also you can contact me at eight six eight seven four eight two eight six five. And um, I also do online virtual sessions as well. So in terms of that, there isn't restrictions to the, you know, the the area, the location. Yeah, I've I've had clients in the States. Yeah, yeah, she was in Europe. I had had clients in the States as well. So, um, you know, all of that, 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 that's possible, you know. I I really hope that people... um, you know, take the opportunity to to um, you know to connect with you and get support. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I think we all need it. We definitely yeah. all. Need it. Yeah, Ayanna, this has been fun. Yes, it <laughs> has been a really really rich discussion. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, wow, the time went by really quickly. I I want to just you know for for my listeners you know share I always share you know any episode like you know really stand out to me for me. Definitely. Um, on the first point about the signs, right. a, a big a big point was the childhood trauma. Right, that was like a big point. And right. in, in unemployment, you know, financial stresses in a home that parents may be exhibiting, um, right. that could trickle down to to the children. You know, you know, right. you know, interpret that. And we have a lot of dislocation taking place with parents now. And um, mm-hmm. you know, children are aware of it in, in terms of you know re- less resources, financial resources that, that parents have. Um, right. And I, I find like in your point about how parents should respond, I, I, like that is that point that you made about you know don't um, don't impose or don't don't come across in your communication like okay well you know you know you making me a, as a bad parent or right. 
because you know it's true oftentimes as parents you know we we started getting our feelings about how you know yeah. it's making me look and all that yeah thing. yeah that that was a major right. thing and you know finally you know in terms of my gosh that 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 thing about that last conversation we were having there you know realizing that hey sometimes the person not reaching out and talking they're going through their own you know piece of drama yeah uh, and so you know on a on our overall take you know we as parents have to be responsible for promoting self care for our children encouraging yeah. them to be engaged in self care yeah. activities like as you said exercising eats well um mm-hmm. and putting on the phone and having you know dinner and actually talking to each other like face to face you know because right. um yeah we go at the table and we were on our phones eating and no one is talking to each other and yeah. it doesn't help at all so ayana thank you so much it's been really great um having this session with you Yes. Um, yeah, I know that people. I know people is gonna be. You know, people are gonna be excited and and really blessed by it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, you're welcome. So that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to this episode about suicide prevention with Ayanna Chester. Of course, you know how to reach me. I, uh, you can find me on um, social media: LinkedIn, Daryl Botkin, Facebook, Daryl D Botkin, Instagram, Daryl Botkin as well or uh, same for Twitter uh, feel free to send your comments uh, your suggestions i just am um, so glad to have you um, on this journey in the meantime please enjoy your week uh, be productive have fun and make someone smile and remember please if someone hasn't checked in on you in a long time you may be going through a really hard uh, uh, time in their life so don't don't rule them out you, get, you pick up the phone and you call and say hey what's up I love you. I love you very much. Thank you for listening. Live epic.